0: Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What up, everyone? It's your boy, Symmetry, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Today on the show, I hung out with the founder of 1-800-CONTACTS and wikibuy.com. His name is Jonathan Kuhn, and this is one of the best lunches I've had in years. Who is this guy? He started 1-800-CONTACTS. It got sold for almost a billion Secondly, he helped fund the movie with his brother and wife, Napoleon Dynamite. You remember that one? Pedro! Uh, He also fought the government, no big deal, uh, for five years. He was there for a bunch of time, and he basically got Americans the rights to get their lens prescriptions. We just all take that for granted. And it was just such an insane lunch, I rushed back home because I wanted to record and share the things I was able to learn myself from this lunch. And the lunch itself actually started off pretty weird. So I got there a little bit early. I was actually wearing full cowboy attire. Yes, ma'am, I was. I reckon that's true. Uh, so I got my table and uh, the lady was helping me. The man was very, very, very conned. And uh, he walks in and I'm like, oh, come over to the table. Come, I got a table. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I was here ahead of time. Anyways, I have my accent and the lady's there and he walks in, Jonathan, and he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, hey, come over to this table. I got one for us. And he's like, uh, let's go to this table. And I was like, okay. And they all knew his name. And then he said, you want the regular? And, he, and they were bringing the food out. Basically, they already knew what he was going to order. And I was like, dude, what is going on? This is weird. Why didn't you want to sit over there? He's like, well, because I like removing friction in all parts of my life. I'm like, what are you talking about friction? He's like, yeah. So I know it takes nine minutes to get here. The valet already knows I'm coming. The waiter, it's Eugene or this guy Prometheus. He knows I'm going to be here. They know the dishes I'm going to like. And they bring them out. And then I walk away. I have no bill. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, Is this what like just super rich people do? And he's like, no, it has nothing to do with being rich. The whole point is about removing friction and streamlining yourself so you don't have to waste energy or time on it, right? Like I already come to this place often and I want to set myself up for that. And then he's like, yeah, I do it at the movie theaters too. I try to do it with everything. And I'm like, what do you do at the movie theaters? He's like, well, I text them one time I'm coming and they literally get everything ready for me. They get the food ready for me. This is an Austin at IPIC where you can have food at the movie theaters. The food is there. The drinks are there. He just walks in. He doesn't have to give him his tickets. You don't have to check in. And he saves time, walks right in, and he sits down. And the whole thing was just like mind-blowing to me. And it's not just about being rich, right? The whole point is about how do you remove friction in all aspects of your life, right? So when you actually remove the friction, you save energy. You don't have to use your mental energy on things that don't matter. You can focus then, right? So this guy's done very, very well. It's because he's not spending his time thinking about the bill or all this other stuff. He's spending time whatever is the most important things. This is part of the reason i try to understand successful people like himself. Like they operate at this level. They're removing friction and everything. And that is some of the reasons for their success. And most importantly around this removing friction is that he's continually doing it in all aspects. So I thought that was really, really interesting. It's something that I've done and I'm, I'm going to expand even more on. But even stupid stuff like cleaning my house, you always have to be like, oh, I think I have to get my cleaner. No. So what I do is that I just have it on subscription once a month. Or you could do this with your haircuts. Instead of trying to remember, do I need a haircut? Tell your barber, hey, every day, this day, I'm always going to have a haircut. Just remind me or put in your calendar so you don't even have to think about it and prepay for it so you just walk in, get the haircut, walk right out. The second thing that was actually really fascinating with him was tipping well. And he was a line cook at Arby's. So for the people out there that you know don't have the jobs or the careers they want, this guy started at Arby's and now he's done really well. And so he tips exceptionally well. So when we were at the restaurant, he tipped $100. That's what he told me he tipped. And it's not about him bragging about money. He was not uh, arrogant or cocky about that at all. He's just like, I want to blow their minds. And don't. I know you guys are thinking Jew jokes, like, oh, there's no again tipping 5%. I hope he doesn't come to my restaurant. And uh, the thing was, he he explained to him, I'm like, so tell me about this tipping philosophy of $100, because that's a lot for for a meal. He said two things. He said, number one, at the places he frequents, he wants exceptional service. And he knows that like, if he tips really well, they're going to give him exceptional service, right? Number two, he does it so that it changes their life, right? So for him, $100 is not a lot. Maybe for you, it's only 10 right? But the $100, it doesn't really matter that much to him. But for this one person who gets a tip, it's going to change everything. It's going to be their week. Like, oh man, that guy i can't believe he gave me a $100 tip. So my recommendation for you and what I'm going to be doing is that the places you visit often, tip them really well. So one, you get better service. And you, secondly, you know, even more importantly, you make these people special days. So I love the tipping well thing that, that Jonathan was doing. Third thing we talked about, the Michael Jackson theory of feedback. So, Hey, it's baby Michael. What's up everybody? It's baby Michael. Uh, I don't know who the hell that was, but we, he was talking and he's like, you know, Michael Jackson, look at his face. And I love Michael Jackson. Jonathan, I'm sure like, no one hates Michael Jackson. And he said, you know, Michael Jackson probably messed up his face a little bit, like changed the nose. And then Michael said to his guys, Hey, what do you think of my nose? And then his friends were like, you know, they want to they stick around. They want all the, the flights and the hotels and the food and the money. They're like, oh, it's a great nose, Michael. And then he changes something else. And then they're like, oh, what do you guys think of my cheeks? And they're like, oh, we love your cheeks. And I thought it was such an interesting point about the Michael Jackson theory of feedback where Michael Jackson maybe didn't keep around people that challenged him. And Jonathan's point is that Jonathan said one of the most important things for success is getting critical feedback. And I thought that was such an interesting point, right? And all these things tie together. Focus on your time, right? Remove the friction. Get feedback to keep improving. So as you're trying to get critical feedback, how does it actually happen? Because if Michael had people around him that were like, Michael, a dog, you don't look good, I'm guessing he probably wouldn't keep messing up his face, right? So what is critical feedback? Number one, it's hanging out with people that hold you to a higher standard. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. Have you ever been around someone that's like, you can do better? And you're like, I can do better. Right like Andrew Chen one of my good friends was saying that his parents were like he's like I got an A minus they're like well do you think you did the best you can and it was holding him to a higher standard in his in a school so same thing with all aspects of your life like are do you have people around you holding you to a higher standard secondly are you change resistant and how do you become open to feedback so Andrew as well has given me feedback with sumo.com our business and he's like well you should do this and I'm like well I've already got this plan here's what we're already doing he's like well here's what I think and I, what I've noticed with feedback is you have to be open to it. Not saying it's right and do whatever everybody else says, but at least be open to hearing their opinion and trying to process from an objective point of view. I was just talking to my buddy Andy about this exact thing. You have to be at least open to hearing feedback. Number three, you've got to get the right feedback from the right people. So if you, you know, the, for this podcast, for instance, Jason is an amazing audio editor, one of the best in the industry. I have to ask him for the audio feedback. But Neville is the best in the industry to me. My friend Neville from Copywriting Course is one of the best in the industry for copy and content. So I go to him for that. And you have to make sure you're asking the right people at the right time. With the Michael Jackson Theory of Feedback, we also talked a little bit about some books like Pixar. Uh, They have Creativity Inc. It's one of Jonathan's books that he really recommended. And he said that in that book, they say, you know, in an industry where it's a higher failure rate than startups, how did Pixar have, you know, the most successful amount of movies consistently? So in Pixar, how were they able to have 18 years of successful movies? And it's through critical feedback. They'd watch the movies and tell each other, like, I fell asleep here. This is boring. That character needs more emotion and so forth. The other thing that Jonathan recommended in his book was Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He says he gives it out to every new uh, employee at wikibuy.com. All right. So how do you actually give feedback? And Jonathan recommended three specific things from the book Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Number one, it's got to be public. Don't do it behind someone's back. Number two, it's got to be solution-based. So don't just tell them what's that you don't like it. Tell them how you'd like it to be. Tell them the solution. Number three, it's got to be timely. It infuriates me when someone's like, oh yeah, I knew that was going to fail. That's like, why didn't you tell me ahead of time? So for this podcast, for instance, let me just give you an example. If you have feedback about this episode, I'd love to hear it. Don't just tell your friend. Tell me, at Noah Kagan on Twitter, K-A-G-A-N. Number two, Tell me the solution. Tell me, no, this is a good episode, but I really would have liked to hear more of your stories or I would have liked to actually hear Jonathan's voice or I would have liked for you to sing a certain song. Good. And timely, it's hard for you to do it because you're hearing this after the fact, but in general, you can try to give that as soon as possible to be preemptive around that. So next up that we talked about was the keys to success. And this was unreal. Jonathan was telling me a story how he had an Uber driver pick him up at his house and Jonathan gets in the car and the driver says, oh, man, what do your parents do? <laughs> and Jonathan was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, what do your parents do to get the house? And he's like, oh, uh, well, this is my house. And, you know, it's not an overly fancy house, but it's, I'm sure it's a nice house. And uh, the Uber driver goes, man, like, I'd love to get a house like that. And Jonathan is a really great person. You know, he says, well, you know, you okay, well, how do you think you're going to get it? You know, I started my own business. Do you think it's starting your own business? And the guy said, Yeah. The Uber is like, yeah, I want to start my own business and I want to start a limo business. And Jonathan, oh, that sounds great. So Jonathan said, you know, I'll, I'll actually fund you. I'll actually help you get the capital so you can get a limo and become a limo driver. And the Uber driver goes, no way. And Jonathan says, I only got one condition, right? There's only one thing that I'm going to expect of you. I want you to work 80 hours a week for 20 years. And if you do that, I'll give you the money so that you can go do it because that is the key to being successful. And the Uber driver takes a moment to think and he says, nah, I'm good. <laughs> the Uber driver actually said no. And the point that I just thought was amazing is that everyone can have successes was Jonathan's belief, is Jonathan's belief, is that if you work really hard 80 hours a week for 20 years, you will be a master of your craft, you will be successful. And Jonathan you know, was willing to put his money behind that for this person. And the point is that you know, it's not just about working hard, right? Like you can work hard on the wrong thing for a long time and not having success. I think it really relates to what we were just talking about with, you know, the Michael Jackson theory of feedback, making sure that you're getting feedback to improve, and then you're removing friction in parts of your life. So not just only working hard, but you have to work hard and you have to do it a long period of time. And Jonathan's so funny, he actually said, "Well, 80 hours a week—that's not even half your week. That's, you know, actually 84. So it's not even your whole week. You have still half the rest of your week to to sleep and enjoy your life. But if you want to be success, I thought it was a great point. You got to work hard. There's no easy way to get there. Next was how he actually started his business. So he started, you know, very successful companies, and he's like, "I don't believe in this whole MVP thing." I was like, "What do you mean you don't believe in the you know minimal viable product? You got to do cheap stuff and like get out as fast as possible." It's kind of like my belief with how I've started a lot of my companies. He's like, "Most important thing when you start a business, most important is solve a problem first. and I've talked about that in uh, how to come up with the business idea podcast you can listen to. And Jonathan was like, "No, I just solve my own problems." And so the first one was contacts. He was a college student and he had to go to the store and they, it was expensive and they made him wait a few weeks for it to come back. And it took a long time. And so that's actually the impetus that got Jonathan to start 1-800-CONTACTS. And even Jonathan's recent company, he was at Target with his daughter shopping, you know, she was shopping for her girly stuff and he was looking at a pack of Bic lighters that were five bucks. And for some reason he, was, he got curious and he looked up on Amazon, you know, pretty common thing. Like, I wonder how much they're going for on Amazon. And on Amazon, they actually turned out to be $16. And it actually sparked the thought with him, like what other price discrepancies are there offline and online, as well as just throughout the whole internet? And then he went to his daughter and his daughter had mascara. And he did the same thing. He's like, oh, I wonder on Amazon or online. And he's like, there's a huge price discrepancy. And then he said, well, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt to get the phone out or if you have to go through all these sites to save the money. And he's like, well, there's gotta be a solution to that. And there wasn't. So WikiBuy is his solution for that. My my personal thought is like, Jonathan, I'm the Jew here couping, uh, clipping coupons. Like, what are you doing being a billionaire? And I actually asked him that. I'm like, dude, you don't cut coupons. You're tipping people hundreds of dollars. You know, what? why did this matter? And he said, look, it's important, right? It's a marketing efficiency. I want people to get the best prices. And that's something that I can change the world doing. And I want it for myself. And I really like that message. The last thing we talked about was staying up to date. Uh, I just turned 35. It was my birthday. And I do notice that, you know, Snapchat went public recently. And that's something that a lot of people are like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And that is how you get outdated when you don't get it. So it's not that I want people to go chase trends and fads, but I am curious, like as we get older, how do I stay up to date with the new technology and and not be open to feedback, not be open to new things? So I asked Jonathan that question. And he said, well, I have kids that are young and they show me the new stuff. And I was like, Jonathan, that's a little harder for me. So I'm not going to go have kids just to find out what's new. And He's like, okay, fine. Uh, and he said, well, one thing that he actually does, and I thought this was a great uh, technique or tactic, is that he has a monthly poker game with young entrepreneurs. So everyone wins. The young kids get to learn all this amazing wisdom Jonathan's been able to build up over the years. And then he gets to connect with them and learn about what new technologies are really coming out. You know, that's actually years ago how we found out about Slack and got, you know, he was able to do that early in his company. So Jonathan was really impressive. This is the lunch we had. Uh, just re- reminding you the things that, to think about that, I, that Jonathan really stuck with me is number one, remove friction in all aspects of your life. Think about where you can remove friction and streamline the process. Number two, tip well. And, you know, even a $10 tip on a, at Chipotle may not mean a lot to you or may not matter a lot to you, but it'll make you feel damn good and it'll change that person's day, if not their whole week or life. Number three, the Michael Jackson theory of feedback. Have people around you that are going to give you the real feedback and be open to it. Four, keys to success. Really simple. We all want some magic answer, but the answer is hard work. You're going to work for 20 years, 80 hours a week, and you will get the success you want. Number five, how he started a business, he just solved his own problem first. And number six, stay up to date. Make sure that you're open-minded so that you can see what kind of future is going to be coming. I'm going to end the show with Jonathan's quote that he has on a lot of his profiles. The difficult we do now the impossible takes a little bit longer. That's Jonathan Kuhn, we had lunch together and these are the notes just from one lunch. Check out his site, wikibuy.com. If you like this episode, right now, I want you to go text someone that you love them. After you're done with that, I really, really, really want feedback just like Jonathan said on this. So you can tweet me at Noah Kagan, K-A-G, and with any feedback you have it, make sure that you have it. it's public, it's solution-based, and hopefully you do it right away. Number four, I don't charge. I don't sell any ads. I do this because I really like sharing this stuff. Please leave me a review. It takes two seconds, and I really, really, really appreciate it. Have a magical day. Who's your favorite Sesame Street character?